Okay, Dave Gentry, C.W. Greer on DWS 742, and Grant Thompson joins us. He's the uh, honcho around this joint. Yeah, I like that one. The radio the honcho. You like that? Just call me Honcho. <laughs> <laughs> just change my name to Honcho. <laughs> honcho Thompson. I like that. Well, no, just drop the Thompson. That doesn't... Just, just plain Honcho. Honcho. I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Grant, tell me a little bit about, we've had you on before, but it's been quite a while. You Did you start here in Champaign-Urbana, or where did you yeah, start up out here. in the business? Is that right? Yeah, I grew up here in Champaign-Urbana, went to Central High School, spent okay. some time at, at Parkland, and went through that radio program, and so on and so forth. And then uh, Mike Hale gave me my first job in radio Okay. when I was a young lad yeah. um, at the old WKIO, mm-hmm. and spent years in town. Um bouncing around to different places as consolidation happened, sure. you know, within the industry. Oh, and yeah. Got bought twice by the same company here in town and chose the second time to step away from that. And uh, <laughs> then went to Bloomington for six years. Oh, okay. I've and forgotten then, that. Yeah, and spent uh, 10 years in Memphis and the Mid-South. So Now, where were you in Bloomington? Uh, we actually built brand new radio stations from the ground up really? um, and put on what I guess, I don't know what all of them are now, but at the time it was Bob FM, which was kind of a classic hits format. We yeah. put a, a light AC on the air and then we purchased a mainstream rock station over there. And so, yeah, we literally went to the FCC, bought basically construction permits yeah. and built them from the ground up and put brand new completely brand new radio stations on the air for the first time in 2005. Okay. I remember back when I first started in the business here, right Mm -hmm. around 1980, we had about a dozen stations here in town, if there were that many. And we thought the market was totally saturated there. Yes. And boy, look at it now. How many stations are in this market now, Well, you know, I was just talking to somebody about that the other day. It's You're absolutely correct. I mean, if you think back to, um, well, yeah, the 80s and probably the first part of the 90s, I mean, it really was, you know, WDWS, WHMS, Mm -hmm. WLRW, um, WKIO, and then um, at the time, PGU was around, and then WIAI out of Mm -hmm. Danville. Right. And then, you know, that was about it. That was about it. Yeah. Um, You know, and then all of a sudden um, groups started bringing stations in from, you know, it's hard to believe when you sit there and think, you know, they moved a station in from Rantoul. I mean, Rantoul is just, you know, 15 miles up the road. But, you know, with technology and the ability to um, bring them closer to certain markets and, you know, some signals moved out and others moved in and. Yeah, it, it is. It's kind of nuts. But I was just talking to somebody about that uh, last week. And it just seemed like everything was saturated back in those right. days. Well, in 88, I, that's when I noticed the big change. Uh, I was working in this market. And then, uh, you know, a Paxton station opened up and they started penetrating the market. A Gibson City station opened up. It penetrated some. And, of course, like you said, the Rantoul stations, then one in Tuscola opened. Mm-hmm. And then there was one, and then in, there was one in Muhammad, and Muhammad, Monticello, and, and Monticello. Yeah. And so, by the time, like I started in this market, I was in Danville Market. Then came here in '84. By the time I left this market in 1990, it was like from what you said, six maybe stations that were penetrating. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you had 12 or 13 now that were in, well, in the market. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, as a 
small town broadcaster, you go to the FCC and apply for a license or go to an auction and, uh, and buy a, mm -hmm. the license and, you know, say I'm doing it in the public interest of my small community, you know, give my community a voice. Mm -hmm. Well, things changed in the laws and, you know, ownership changes happened mm -hmm. and said, okay, right. now you're not limited to one AM and one FM in a market or, you know, they then came up with a number of stations you could own in a market based upon a whole slew of factors, population, revenue in the market, all those things. So those small town broadcasters, um, some of them made out pretty well when people showed up with stacks of cash and said, yeah. you don't, you, you know, yeah. it, instead of serving just Monticello, right. let's serve all of East Central Illinois. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Yep. That is absolutely wild. I remember uh, a U.S. senator was involved with yes. a station over in Muhammad. That's right. Which ended up, I think it's one of Saga stations It now. probably is. And you had, uh, also, you had... Uh, um, Bill Brady, who right. is running for mm -hmm. office statewide office again, he once had a radio station in Clinton. That's right. He had WHOW right. there. That's in right. Sure did. Yep. Which is always hey, politicians owning radio stations, bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good idea. <laughs> All right. So. Now we'll continue this the next time we have you on. But I want to know how did you get involved with wrestling? <laughs> and how did you and CW acquire this much knowledge about wrestling? I'm just, you know, flabbergasted <laughs> by this. My knowledge is kind of in in uh, waves, I guess, because I had a friend in college, um, a guy named Eric Nichols, who mm -hmm. actually works actually worked here at one point, yeah. and then now actually works for Learfield, who we work with for Illinois sports. And he was a, I mean, uber fan. I mean, I would put him next to CW on that stuff. So he he would get me involved in watching this stuff, and then I would fall off. And I'm about, I'm now back on the downside of it. I, I let CW kind of keep me up to date. But then when I <laughs> when I moved to Memphis, yeah. Memphis is like, oh yeah, the mecca of wrestling. I did not know that till I heard you guys yeah, talking oh, yeah. a couple of months ago. Yeah, and it was. Um, Jerry the King Lawler right. was a very good friend of the radio stations I worked for and was on air with us. Right. And he's, quite honestly, probably one of the most well-known wrestlers, I would think, of an era. Yep. And he would pull from my youth that actually lived in that area uh -huh. and had never left that area. And so it was, it kind of, I kind of picked up a little bit more of the historical aspects of it. If you, can, sure. if, if you said to me right now, name five, I would sit there and go, Current yeah. people, I wouldn't yeah. have a clue. Yeah. <laughs> Lawler would pack Mid South Coliseum in Memphis every Monday night oh. with ten thousand plus people, usually in the area fifteen to twenty thousand, and but about ten thousand, but at least ten thousand every Monday. That was the circuit. Every Monday, you come to Mid South as well as the well, one crazy. I, you know, one of the funniest things is we there was a, there was an anniversary. You started this yeah, day. I know. <laughs> This is a funny story, though, that I think I've told CW. Um, there was a Mid-South Wrestling used to do a Saturday morning um, TV show. Right. Mm -hmm. And Dave Brown, who was a local television broadcaster mm -hmm. there in Memphis, was the, 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 the I guess, play-by-play -play guy of wrestling. Yep. Well, he had a, um, a protege that was named Tim Van Horn, who I worked with. Mm-hmm. And they created kind of this uh, storyline, a wrestling storyline with Tim and Dave Brown, 
when Jerry was getting ready to open up kind of a restaurant and Hall of Fame thing about this beef that Dave and Jerry had. And so Jerry says, hey, let me come on the air. We're going to tease up this beef between Tim and I. And then you guys can video kind of he and I wrestling around in the lobby. Well, Jerry threw Tim across the room into a vertical file. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, that looks so real. (laughs) And then I look at Tim and he's laying on the floor. (laughs) And there's a huge dent in the vertical file. And I'm like, oh, that was real. Radio. Yeah. It's a tough business. And we never got rid of that vertical file. You just walk by it all the time and go, that was Tim's head. Yes, absolutely. Makes a good story. That's right. Grant, I can't believe it. We're out of time. (laughs) Hey, it happens. (laughs) Thanks for being here with us.